Hello and welcome back to Benaiah, Mighty Man of God by P. H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is the epilogue. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. 1 Kings 3.28 How do you like your new position? Moriah asked as she and Benaiah sat in the rooftop garden of their home one evening. He considered a moment. Being head of the entire army of Israel was more time-consuming than the job of personal bodyguard. Since he wasn't in the palace on a daily basis, he didn't see his son Jehoiada as much. The day their youngest son Jehoiada was promoted to the position of chief counselor to the king in place of Bathsheba's grandfather Ahithophel, Benaiah had nearly burst from pride. I enjoy getting to see Abmezabad regularly. Since his son was in charge of his own soldiers now, he reported directly to Benaiah. It was a surprise to Benaiah that neither of his sons went into the priesthood either. There's more organizational and administrative work. He hadn't thought he could learn to do such sedate labor, but as age crept up on him, he'd found he missed the action of being a warrior less and less. How does Solomon compare to David? He inherited an established kingdom at peace, given by the grace of God, and he kept it by that same grace, but his devotion to God is as strong as David's. Solomon had proceeded with his father's plans for the temple in the location where David offered up his sacrifice after the unlawful census. Many expected him to build it in the high place of Gibeon, where Saul had originally placed the tabernacle. But David chose the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite to worship since that time. He felt that was the site chosen by God when he answered his prayer by fire. He never returned to the tabernacle after that. David's final instruction to Solomon was fulfilled when Shimei, the man who cursed him as he fled from Absalom, was executed by Benaiah for breaking the terms of his house arrest. With this final rebel dealt with, Solomon's reign was firmly established. Sometimes God seems like a capricious judge. Mariah shuddered and pulled her shawl more tightly across her shoulders. Do you mean because of the plague? Mariah nodded. Do you not see his many mercies to us as a nation? Benaiah asked. When I think of all the times he showed his care of us in the midst of trouble, I see his mercy, like when we were taken away in the Amalekite raid, or as the kingdom was being established, or when David and his family fled from Absalom and we went along with him. But many others have suffered more than we have, like Mikhail's family or my sister's family when Merari died. It's hard to see the goodness of God in evil events. Job suffered more than anyone, yet in the midst of his troubles he said, When I was born into this world I was naked and had nothing. When I die and leave this world I will be naked and have nothing. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Praise his name. Benaiah took his wife's hand. I think suffering reveals to us who God is, that he is holy and not to be trifled with. He sets the standard for righteousness. We need to be reminded that we are his creatures and he is our creator. Mariah tilted her head up and smiled. You certainly are your father's son, Benaiah ben Jehoiada. He returned her smile. The other soldiers typically referred to one another by their given names, but he was always Benaiah ben Jehoiada. There was a time when he didn't want to be associated with his father. He didn't think the profession of priest served a useful purpose for the nation. Soldiering seemed a far more worthwhile way to spend a life. But God intruded into all aspects of his life. Benaiah couldn't escape him or go about as if his actions had no consequences.
God raised up David for his own glory, not for David's fame. And he has established David's son Solomon on the throne of Israel for his own glory as well. In fact, I had an opportunity to see how God blessed the new king yesterday when I arrived in the throne room to report on the army. Just then the king was judging a unique case that reminded me of the time David had to decide if Mephibosheth or Ziba was telling the truth. What happened? Mariah asked. Two women stood before the king. The first woman stepped forward and presented her case. She said, Sir, this woman and I live in the same house. We were both pregnant at the same time. I gave birth to my son first, and she had her son three days later. We were alone in the house. One night her child died. While I slept, she came and took my son and replaced him with her dead son. In the morning when I woke up to nurse him, I saw he was dead. But when I looked closely, I recognized he was not my son, but hers. How dreadful! How could she possibly prove he was her son? Mariah exclaimed. That's when I saw the wisdom of God given to Solomon. It seemed like an impossible dilemma, especially when the second woman denied she had done such a thing. So the two women argued in front of the king. Finally, the king mused aloud, Each of you claims the living baby is your own, and that the dead baby belongs to the other woman. After looking intently at the women, and briefly closing his eyes, no doubt in prayer, the king ordered his chief bodyguard to draw his sword. Then he ordered, Cut the living baby in two, and give one half to each woman. What? Mariah cried. How could that be a solution? That's the amazing thing. It was the best decision. As the servant stepped towards the women and child, the second woman said, Yes, cut him in two, then neither of us will have him. But the first woman, the real mother, appealed to the king for her son's life and said, Please, my king, please don't kill the baby. Give him to her instead. After that, the king announced his decision. Stop. Don't kill the baby. Give him to this woman. She is the real mother. Mariah sat in astonishment for a few moments. Then she slowly shook her head. Benaya, that's an incredible story. What insight and wisdom the king has to suggest such a test. Only the real mother would care more about the life of her child over her own demands. Benaya agreed. Yes, it was wonderful to see the real mother gather up her son in her arms. The servants who daily hear King Solomon's wisdom are truly blessed. God has shown his great love for our nation by answering David's prayer and giving us such a king after him. Mariah slid closer to him and nestled under his arm. What a great privilege you've been given to witness so much, both with David and now with King Solomon. You are an even greater privilege, he gazed into her eyes. If you found a wife, you've found something good. She shows that the Lord is pleased with you. Mariah's eyes registered astonishment. That's the first time I've ever heard anything close to poetry from your lips. Benaiah smiled. Like his father, Solomon composes songs and proverbs, including that one. But when I heard it, I thought of you. He squeezed her hand. You are the best thing in my life. And you were right all those years ago when you said you'd still be here when my days of soldiering were over. I'm so thankful to God for that. Mariah looked deep into his eyes. Evening sounds filled the air. Families closing up their garden doors for the night. Frogs croaking, crying babies being soothed to sleep. She pushed up from the bench to stand in front of him and brushed a tender kiss across his forehead. Benaiah nodded toward the stairs, his eyebrows raised. The king wrote a song for his new bride, Abishag. He called it the Song of Songs. 
I think it will surprise you. I'll read it to you in our bedroom. Mariah laughed. Some things never changed. The end. Continue listening for questions for a reflection or a group study.